Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. I'm Michelle Martin. Good morning. Asia-Pacific markets are trading mixed this morning following a brutal session for many tech stocks in the U.S. overnight. Sydney and Seoul are both in the green with gains of about 0.2 to 0.4%. Tokyo is in the red. The Nikkei is trading nearly half a percent lower. Good morning and welcome to a special solo edition of Market View. I'm Michelle Martin. We start this morning with Snap, the company that owns the social media platform Snapchat. That's a platform that pioneered and is best known for its disappearing photos and messages, in case you haven't already started using it. No doubt the company's executives wish they could make the last 24 hours disappear. Now, first, Snap issued an earnings warning barely one month after its last guidance to the markets. And it said, quote, the macroeconomic environment has deteriorated further and faster than anticipated. Well, that triggered a huge sell-off, not only in Snap shares, but in other social media companies as well. Snap closed down 43%. It is down nearly 80% over the past year. Let those numbers sink in for a moment. If you had invested $1,000 in Snap a year ago, it would only be worth about $200 today. It is worth considering for a moment why Snap had to issue this earnings warning. Clearly, its ad revenues are down, but why? As Oanda's Jeff Haley points out, his kids are using Snap just as much now as they were a month ago. The thing is that, though, advertisers are getting scared. They're facing rising interest rates as well as inflation and supply chain pressures, not to mention negative headlines around the war in Ukraine. That has spelled bad news for Snap, but perhaps its shares were overvalued to begin with. Okay, as mentioned at the top of the show, Snap was hardly the only company affected by the overnight sell-off. Though others' losses were not as severe, Pinterest plunged 23%. Shares of Facebook's parent company, Meta, dropped by more than 7%. Alphabet and Twitter both fell about 5%. That brings us to Elon Musk and Tesla. Twitter shares are now trading at around 36 US dollars a share. That's about 33% less than what Musk offered to pay for them just one month ago. Musk has tried to put the deal on hold, saying that he suspects that bots make up a larger percentage of Twitter users than the company admits. Now, whether that's true or not, putting the acquisition on hold is just rhetoric. The clock to finalize the deal, you see, is still ticking. And if Musk doesn't meet it, he'll have to pay a $1 billion US dollar fee and likely then some. Market watchers believe Musk has been trying to put pressure on Twitter to accept a lower offer price, and that was before the latest stock market tumble. One report I read this morning puts the odds now of the deal going through at around 60%. All right, what of Tesla's shares? Musk needs those as collateral to fund part of the Twitter purchase. Well, Tesla fell 7% overnight and is now down 40% since the beginning of the year. As a result, Musk has tumbled out of the $200 billion club. He's still the world's richest man, but his wealth has slid to $192 billion. In social media, meanwhile, Musk is training his sights on another tech tycoon. It's Bill Gates this time. Musk tweeted, sigh, in reaction to a Breitbart article that claims that Gates is spending millions into so-called dark money funds attacking him. 
While it's unclear whether the Breitbart article is true, Gates has publicly criticized Musk's planned takeover of Twitter, saying that Musk might make Twitter's misinformation problems worse. All right, let's zoom back out again, take a look at U.S. market numbers. Alphabet and Meta helped pull the Nasdaq down more than 2%. The S&P 500 finished 0.8% lower. The S&P 500 is still inching towards bear market territory, though it has yet to cross the 20% threshold. The Dow, meanwhile, eked out a small gain overnight to close up 0.15%. Now, remember Michael Burry? He's the investor who was immortalized by Michael Lewis's book, The Big Short. Well, Burry, who bet against the U.S. housing market back in 2008 before it crashed, put out a cryptic tweet overnight. Burry writes, as I said about 2008, it is like watching a plane crash. It hurts, it's not fun, and I'm not smiling. It's not exactly clear what Barry was referring to, but his tweet comes on a day when investors in tech and social media companies like Snap have been enduring a lot of financial pain. Barry is no stranger to drawing attention on Twitter, although he often deletes his tweets. About a year ago, Barry warned that, quote, the mother of all crashes was coming. Remember that? All right, let's bring the conversation to Asia now. And for this, I have your solitaire edition of Up or Down. I hope you're ready to play along. Question number one, which economy or group of economies is likely to grow faster this year? China or a group of ASEAN countries? Think about it for a moment. Whose economy is growing faster, China or the ASEAN nations? Well, the answer may surprise you. It's ASEAN. China's COVID-0 policy is definitely impacting the country's growth. China's GDP is expected to come in at around 4.5% this year, while the growth rate for the ASEAN 6, which includes Singapore, Indonesia, Malaysia, the Philippines, Thailand and Vietnam, is slated to be nearly 5%. All right, let's check in on how markets are performing this morning. The Straits Times Index fell a bit more than half a percent yesterday to close at 31.95. We we are currently 11 minutes into the local trading day. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.